Good morning. I want to take the time today and to talk uh, about mercy. And to do that, I want to start off with an illustration and uh, a movie that maybe you've seen, or a musical, I should say. It's uh, called Les Mis. And the, the musical goes like this. It starts off and you're introduced to this man who uh, is serving his time in prison and serving his time for some crimes that he's committed. And the movie starts off and we see him and he's being given uh, his release form. He's served his time and he's free to go. And this man is given this paper that he's supposed to go and anywhere he goes, any town he goes into, he has to show them this form saying, I'm a criminal, this is what I've done, these are the crimes I've committed, I've finished my sentence and I've been released. And so he does that. He, he goes from town to town and he's trying to find a place that'll let him stay. He's trying to find a place to get some food, get some work, to earn some money and, and feed himself. But nobody wants him. Everyone sees him with this form, and he has to legally show this form or he'll go to prison again. And so he, he keeps showing this form to people, and they, they cheat him out of work. They, they don't want him staying at their... He's really struggling, and he continues to struggle. And we see him after a long day and he hasn't eaten in a while and he curls up alongside this building and then a priest walks over and he's sleeping up against a church and this priest invites him inside and he says hey I have food inside I have a place for you to stay come stay come just take a night and and rest and eat fill yourself and so he goes inside and he eats and he is is there with this priest and they he shows him where he's staying and as he's going to bed he notices where some of the servants are putting away some of the, the fine china, some of the silver plates and, and dishes, and, and he takes note of that, and he goes to sleep that night. And then the next morning, they wake up, and he's being dragged back in uh, by some guards. They found him early in the morning running off with a bag full of silver, a, ba a bag full of these stolen items. And he, these police officers had beaten him, and dragged him back in, and they said, hey, he said that you gave him these silver, but we, we don't believe him. And the priest looks at him, and he says, oh, you left so early, you forgot these candlesticks also. He gives him these solid silver candlesticks. The priest could have, could have condemned him for his actions, could have said, yeah, he stole from me, because he did. But he chose to show mercy, and in Matthew 5, Verse 7 in the Beatitudes, we see Jesus describe some different, different attitudes, and he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. The purpose of our lesson today is to discuss this idea of mercy so that we can understand it, so we understand what it is that we've received from God, but also so that we can better show it to others and better show this idea of mercy. To do that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what mercy is and then why we should be merciful. And then I want to end and, and take some time to talk about how we can be merciful and, and take a look at that. So we'll begin. We're going to start in, we're going to read again Matthew 5, verse 7, and we're going to talk about what mercy is. Matthew 5, 7 again says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So there's a few definitions of mercy, especially when looking at the word in this original language of what it could mean. 
And so one of the, the first things I want to touch on is mercy is a kindness. It's a kindness towards those who are miserable or afflicted. And it's not just this, this feeling we have of, oh man, I feel really bad for this person who's miserable or afflicted, but it's the desire to help them. So it's this seeing a need and desiring to help that person. And so it also comes with action. We go back to the story in Les Mis, and this priest doesn't just walk up on this homeless man who's obviously hungry and sleeping outside, and he doesn't just feel bad for him, but he invites him in, and he tries to meet this need this man has. He doesn't just stop there. If we turn to Titus, Titus chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So we talked about mercy is this kindness, this desire to help people. And we see that in the story from Les Mis, that this priest desired to meet this man's need. But then we see another aspect of mercy followed up later on that next morning when the man is drugged back in by the town officials, by the town guards. It's Mercy is also this deliverance from justice or judgment. <clears throat> it's something that's not earned, but it's something that's given. Obviously, in the case of this man, he's deserving to be judged. He's deserving of being tried as a criminal for stealing and for uh, his different crimes. It's, excuse me, <clears throat> mercy is not just this desire to help people. But it is also forgiveness. It's also this forgiving of sins and delivering them from, from justice. And we see that here in, in Titus, that we've been given a mercy from God, and it's not because of anything we did, and it's not because of works done in righteousness. It's not because we're righteous people, but it's because God is good and it's according to his mercy. It's because he had this desire. He looked at us and he saw and had this desire to show us mercy. Back in, in Matthew 5, verse 7, we see that Jesus says, blessed are those who are merciful. Why would someone who, why would Jesus say that? Why would someone who shows mercy, who goes out of their way to, to share what they have, to to see someone who's wronged them and to, to not cast judgment on them, to re- deliver them from that, why would that person be blessed? They're drawing the short, short stick, really, the short straw, it seems. They, they're having to give out of their resources. They're having to, to not see the wrongs against them be righted. And it seems odd that that person would be merciful, or that person would be blessed. <coughs> And he says in Matthew 5 that they're blessed because they will receive mercy. And so I want us to take a look now at what this mercy is that we've received. We're going to look at Ephesians 2, if you'll turn with me there. Ephesians 2, we're going to see um, the mercy that we've been giving. And hopefully that looking at this, it'll then lead you to see why we should be merciful. That's what I want us to focus on now is why should we be merciful? And I think that comes from a better understanding of seeing how great this mercy is that we've been given. So in Ephesians 2, verse 3 through 6, 
It says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of flesh, of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, <clears throat> excuse me, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He describes us here in, in Ephesians at the beginning of chapter 2 as being dead in our trespasses, as being dead in our sin, deserving of wrath. We see that we have wronged God and we're deserving of judgment. But that's the mercy that God had on us, is he delivered us from that. He's had mercy and decided that you are deserving of wrath, you are deserving of judgment, but I'm going to deliver you from that, and I'm going to give you forgiveness, and I'm going to give you grace. And he did this out of love, and it's not because of anything that we've done. We see that before our relationship with Christ, he describes us as living in our passions, living in the flesh, living based off of our own desires, what we think is good and right, and not what God says is good and right. And so because of that, we live lives full of sin. But despite that, God looked at us with love and desired to give us mercy. Mercy is more than just forgiveness, though. And I heard it explained like this, and it's you have to bear with me. The story is a little over the top, and it's a little exaggerated and, and built up, but I think, it, I think it depicts the way God shows mercy really, really well. So it goes like, like this. I want you to imagine a man who is on death row. He is sentenced to, to be executed soon. He, not only that, he doesn't have any family. He doesn't, so if he were to get out of prison, he wouldn't have any any family to be connected with, or any sort of community. Not only that, but being a criminal and being on death row, he, if he were to be out, he wouldn't be able to find a job. He's not able to work. No one would want to have them represented by this man. They wouldn't want him working for them. And so he wouldn't be able to find a job either. And not only that, to top it off, this man also has this uh, terminal disease. He has this cancer that's going to kill him in a few months. So if he doesn't get executed soon, then this disease is going to eventually kill him. And so this man, he's really has it rough. He's not in a great position, but one day he gets, gets summoned by the, the warden of the prison that he's in. And the warden says, congratulations, you've been pardoned. You're free to go. And so he's just been given forgiveness. They said, you're, you no longer need to be uh, punished for your crimes, and so he leaves, and they, they send him out, and the doors behind them close as he exits the prison, and he's standing there, and he has nothing. He's been forgiven, but now what? He still has this disease. He still has this cancer that's going to kill him. He still doesn't have family or any sort of way to provide for himself, but I want us to now look at it in the eyes of if he receives mercy. It's the same man, the same scenario, but instead he gets a call from the warden and he says, hey, you've been pardoned, congratulations. And as he steps out, he says, and not only that, but I have this limo for you. And inside of it's a doctor and he's going to cure your disease. And so he's going to cure that. But after that, this limo is going to drive you to my mansion where you have a room to stay. 
and you're going to live with me. Not only that, I'm going to adopt you, and you're, you'll be my son, and then I'm going to let you work for me as a representative of me. And I know this is really over the top, and it sounds ridiculous, and it's obviously a story. It's made up, but this is the mercy we're shown. This is how God has, has shown us mercy. We are in this state deserving of punishment, deserving death because of our sin. And it's not just that we need to be forgiven this one time, but it's this chronic issue that we face. And he sent Jesus for us to, to die for us and to, to remove our sin, but to remove this problem completely. He's not just forgiving us, but he's completely removing our problem of sin. He's given us a place to stay with him in heaven, and he's prepared for us a room. And he's given us a purpose here on earth, a purpose to be his representatives and to share this word with others. He has forgiven our sins, but it's not only that, he's made us alive. And that's what mercy is, and that's the mercy we've received from God. Luke chapter 6 gives us a very difficult challenge. When we look at a mercy that we've been given like this, especially, Luke 6, 36, it says, Be merciful even as your heavenly Father is merciful. When we consider this mercy we've been given, this over-the-top, extravagant mercy, it's intimidating and daunting to think that that's the mercy I need to show towards the world. That's the mercy I need to go forth when I, when I leave this place. And when I interact with people, that's the mercy I need to show. And we ask why, it's because that's what's been given to me and that's what's been shown to me. And so how do we do that? I want us to look at another story. It's in Luke 15, if you'll turn with me there. Obviously, the best, um, the best example of mercy we could look at is Christ. And I think there's a lot, of, a lot of places we could go to look at that. But one specific thing I want us to do is I want to look at a story, a parable that Jesus gives us that I think shows us practically what mercy can look like. And I want us to use this to then go forth and to, to be able to act this, this out. It's a story of the prodigal son. And if you're not familiar with this story, the, the story starts off with this man who has two sons, and the younger son wants his share of the inheritance. And so he asks for it early. He asks his dad for it. And so his dad splits it up, and he gives it to him, and he's willing. And then the son runs off. He goes into a different country, and he lives wildly, lives recklessly, and spends it on whatever he wants. He does his thing, and the, eventually he spends all of it, and the country goes into uh, this drought, this famine, and he struggles now to find food. And so he starts to work, and he's looking at the, the food he's feeding these pigs, and he's just so hungry, and he wants to eat that, and he just wants something to eat. And he remembers that his father is a man who has many servants and that all of his servants have food to eat. And so he, he begins to think, maybe I should go back to my father. I'll seek forgiveness and I'll, I'll work my father as, as a servant. And that's where I want us to pick up. We'll be in verse, Luke 15, verse 20 to 24. Verse 20, it says, And he arose and came to, the, to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned 
Against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. When we consider what mercy would look like, what it looks like for us, I think it looks like this father-son relationship. I think it looks like love. I think mercy needs to start with love. And we see that with this father. Despite him being wronged, he being the master of a house, you wouldn't typically go out and meet your guest. You would have a servant go and meet your guest. But he goes and he sees his son coming and he runs to him. That comes from a deep love and a deep uh, care for another. You don't just do that for, for anybody. But he runs to him and he, he greets him and he kisses and hugs him. And that's from love. This father loved his son and love is required for mercy. We need to desire the best for those around us. He doesn't just put clothes on his son, but he sends for the best robe. He sends for a ring, which is typically something that would have been a family signet, showing that he accepts him back as a son. He desires to restore him. He doesn't just forgive him. He's restoring him back to sonship and the position in the family that he had before. We need to have mercy on those who have wronged us. Mercy looks like these same things, but towards the people that have specifically wronged you and have wronged me. It's easy to say, yeah, we need to be merciful to people that wrong us, but it's difficult in those situations to actually look at those people who have wronged you, who have sinned against you, have done whatever it is, and to look at them and say they're deserving of mercy the same way that I've been showed mercy. So we need to be people who love others. The Father loves him and desires for him to be taken care of and not just forgiven. He desires for this good things for this man and for his son. We need to have the same attitude as this father. And so how do we show mercy? It's by being like this father in this parable, loving even after being wronged. It's like being by, like God and extending mercy far beyond what's deserved. <clears throat> And it's desiring the best for the individual, receiving the mercy, and taking action in showing them that. We talked about mercy this morning, and that it's this kindness towards the miserable and the afflicted. But it's not just this kindness, but it's an action that follows that desire. And not only that, it's all, it can also be this deliverance from judgment. Deliverance from a wrong that they've done and not taking our rightful place in, in showing judgment to those who've wronged us, but, but forgiving them. We talked about how it's even more than forgiveness, how it's, it's this ex, over-the-top um, mercy that God has shown us. It's far more than we could ever deserve and far more than we could ever ask for, but God freely gave it to us. And our challenge now to then be merciful as God has been merciful to us. And how we need to be extending mercy to those who are in the world, those who are lost, those who don't have God's love, but especially those who wrong us. <clears throat> and 
As we go into this week, I want to challenge you. I want you to look for someone who has wronged you recently, or maybe it's been a while, but seek to, to forgive that person. Seek to extend mercy to that person, even beyond what they deserve. Because we've been shown such a great mercy from God. We've been shown such extreme love from God. And it's selfish of us to then hold that on for ourselves and not to extend that same sort of love, that same mercy to those who have wronged us in much smaller ways, comparably. So I want to challenge you. Extend mercy this week. Find somebody who's wronged you and extend mercy far beyond what they deserve and love them. And maybe you don't have somebody like that in your life. Maybe there's, you just don't have that situation right now. Uh, and that's okay, but I want you to then look for someone that has a need and look to fill that need. Show mercy on them by filling their need. And if there's anyone here this morning who is not a part of this, this covenant we have with God and who has not been given this mercy from God, then we want to invite you to, to take him on in baptism and to come forward this morning and, and speak with someone before, before leaving today, that you can partake in the same mercy that we have in this extreme, over-the-top love that we received from God. If there's anything this morning that you need prayers for, whether prayers to be merciful and prayers for any sort of situation going on or you need to talk to someone about uh, coming to the Lord, then we want to invite you to come as we stand and sing.